0: Hey guys, welcome back. After we finish our uh, preliminary laugh for the episode, uh, because we always fuck up. Um, welcome back to yet another episode of Panditri and a Pint, uh, we are three blokes having an above average football conversation. Um, joining me on the podcast today is and Vaishnav, and you can guess why Poe hasn't come. Guess, guess, listeners guess, it, it's one of three options, guys. Um, I? do you want to give Alex those options? We'll put a poll on this episode. <laughs> I thought there was only one option, which is why I made it so obvious. Um, but the winner gets exclusive back end access to all of our conversations. Actually, which... back end access again, bro. <laughs> okay. Uh, never mind. Uh this episode has gotten off to a really, really rough start, guys. Um I I'm gonna reel back in. Um so obviously, um, From the 48 episodes that we've recorded, uh, it's pretty evident that uh, Vaishnav, Akshat and I are very, very loyal Manchester United fans. So there's only one topic of conversation that we thought we should have today, which is, of course, the new appointment of a Manchester United manager. But the Ralphening. Before I come to that, Akshat, I just want to say um, as disclaimer, as being a United fan, I've had... The highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And the most recent of highs being um, the Ronaldo signing, obviously, and that Newcastle game, uh, where everyone was just singing were Ronaldo for 90 minutes throughout. And he, of course, scored a brace as well. But this club has also given me um, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of frustration that I don't know exactly how to deal with. And we've been on this group talking about, you know, how... United are shaping up for the season. Um, but I just want to reel it back to a conversation where we did a Premier League preview of an episode and we came to a conclusive uh, statement saying that Ole is not the best man for the job, but he is the right man for the job. And he didn't turn out to be the right man for the job either. But we've got a new man on the job. And it's either going to be wreck Ralph, as what Vaishna said, or it's gonna be Ralph has fucked it up, which is highly possible. But but anyways, um. So of course, uh, a United manager brings a lot of rumors, um. And we've had the biggest one being Pochettino. Uh, then came Zidane, and then we've had Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce. Yeah, I was coming to that. <laughs> Absolutely strange rumors, right? With Steve Bruce. I don't know what was happening over there. Really drunk at like 4 in the morning going through your contact <laughs> list. Like, yeah, it's, it's exactly like that. But we had a couple of Spanish managers as well, Ernesto Valverde and uh, Luis Enrique, who went through the conversation. At the end of the day, we've signed uh, Ralph Ragnick for a 6 month deal with uh, 2 years consultancy, which we'll come to on what that means. But I just want to get your opinions to start off this conversation. Akshat and Vaishnav. Um, from all the options that were on the table, we've settled for Ralph.
1: I have a big issue with the verbiage that was used in that statement. Uh, I.e., I want to uh, settled, <laughs> Bro, he's a he's a 10, bro. We're barely a 6, bro. <laughs> we're, rocking, we're, we're rocking the full-on dad board. Ralph is a supermodel with the longest legs in the world, dude.
0: We ain't settling for I- I'm nothing, I'm sorry, bro. guys. I started off... I started off this episode without giving you guys a full uh, picture on what's happening. Three of us are super excited. But Poe is obviously the... Pra- is supposed to be the pragmatic one who is um, <laughs> gone to sleep. Um, but... But we are here, three United fans who are super excited about Ralph. But I'm going to be the pragmatic one in this episode because I've learned to be pragmatic. Supporting Manchester United, you always have something to worry about. Um, to be wary of, yeah, yeah to be wary of.
2: See, like to be, to be honest, what I think of Ragnik is uh, so okay. They they were they were I think almost two manager hunts which United had we very early on decided that the permanent manager position which we want to fill is not going to be possible because the candidates which we were looking at were three, right? Three main candidates for the permanent manager position, which were Zidane, Pochettino and Ten Hag. Now, Ten Hag wasn't contacted by United apparently some feelers were put out for Zidane and some feelers were put on put out for Pochettino. Zidane straight out said he doesn't; he's not really that interested and Pochettino said there's no way he can leave for PSG. So once that kind of manager hunt got over, th- which got over pretty early, I would say, that it barely took like a day or two, then everyone was saying the same thing, that we're looking for an interim manager for someone else to come in during the summer. Now, in the interim manager search, we had the names like... Uh, Ragnick, like um, the two Spanish managers Luis Enrique and to be honest I think Luis Enrique and Valverde are not bad shouts for an interim manager I don't think they're good enough for a permanent United position in terms of a stylistic fit and just not having the experience in the Premier League not having um, I would say the credentials to convince me that they're at the top of their game Um and I think out of the interim options, Ralph Ragnik was the best signing, no question about it. But I would argue, and I think we'll get into this a little bit later, but I think having Ragnick for two years after the interim period of a manager, managerial position is over, those two years he's going to serve as a consultant, is way more important than Ragnick just being the manager of United. Don't get me wrong, I love I love that he's a manager, I want to see us play in his style. But him coming in for two years after that, being an advisor to, let's face it, the idiots we have on the board and the idiots we have running the club is just, it's like paradigm shifting. It's, it's, it gives me more hope of United being on the right track than building a squad with Ronaldo and fucking Sancho and Varane, you know, like those were incredible signings. But I think the signing of Ragnik for two years is more important is even more important.
0: Okay, Akshat. Akshat, let me let me just stop you right there because um, firstly, this is a conversation that opens a whole can of worms, which we're gonna to come to in a bit. Talking about that two-year consultancy, which I think is far more important, as you said, as the six months period. But what I want to get to is that um all of the names that were taken on the table were just pure Twitter rumors. Um, in fact, for Um, The position of manager at Manchester United, um, they were always looking at Ralph when Ole was appointed as well and they had gotten the first contact with Ralph after the um, defeat against Manchester City where we were absolutely outplayed and um, the first talks were taken over there asking what his position is at Moscow and if something could be done. And he was, in fact, the first name that was on the list, the first name that was contacted, and the first name that was gotten. And um, the source of this is The Athletic with Laurie Whitwell. So everything else that we were reading were purely um, rumours that were created by... I mean, you know how United fans are, right? We are linked to everyone.
2: But but if I'm not mistaken, Amar, I think for the interim position, you're right. Ragnik was the first name and the first inter- person we interviewed. But I think there was a total of four or five people who were uh, interviewed directly by United. Uh, including the two Spanish men, including no, um, I don't think Luis Enrique. I think Valverde was inclu- was part of it. I think Lucien Favre was another person who was looked at, um, and I'm forgetting the other two. But I, if I'm not mistaken, I think five people were contacted by uh, Darren Fletcher and uh, John Murter, uh for the interim.
0: No, um, that's not that's not what I've been reading, and it's good to get these opposing points of view. Um, the the only thing that I read was that. Um, United was sort of enamored by the Red Bull Sporting Foundation and how they've risen so quickly, um, as a football unit. And there was always one name on the list. They wanted to get Ralph uh, Ragnick at some point or the other with some role or the other into the club. Um, and they were looking for some positions. Uh, that were filled by the Red Bull, um, sporting group. And in fact, they had hired someone two years ago, um, who came and, you know, consulted them about the operations who worked for Red Bull before, um, to try and help United go on the same path. So that's, I mean, this name has always been on the list for the leadership board of Manchester United. Um, now I don't know how competent they are, and that's something that, a lot of United sp- fans, including us, have spoken about. Um, because you have Ed Woodward and Richard Arnold who are making pure footballing decisions when they don't know much about football. And that's, that's the, that's the bitter truth. But what I can say is that Ralph Ragnik has been a top priority and he is gotten by the club, which I think is a great move. And before we move on to anything else, I just want to get Vaishnav's sort of feelers into the appointment and what he thinks of it because we've not gotten to that yet.
1: Yeah, because when you get to me, I mean, it's done now. Now the fanboying starts. You thought
0: Akshat was positive, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting no negativity here. Just so just so that our fans know, because we are on Zoom video and Akshat was talking about Ralph Ragnick, <laughs> I was violently, violently nodding my head. Violently, that's the
1: only verb that I can use. That's the only adjective that I can use to describe that, dude. Like, uh, uh, okay, guys, I just want to say, like, I, I mean, we've been watching United go through the shitter. We've been watching the name drag through the mud for far too long. We, as fans, not just... I mean, I don't even remember the last trophy we won, bro, if I'm being completely honest with you. And and not, I, and not if if you tell me it's the EFL, then that doesn't count. Europa. Uh, that doesn't count either. But like, you know, we haven't won a trophy that's counted. For me, the only three trophies I count are the three trophies in the treble. And in that, grade. let's be honest, there are only two that... Count, like genuinely, there are only two that matter. Like, winning the other one is great being the FA Cup, but winning the Champions League and the league is a hallmark of the best team in the world. Uh, so, uh, for me, United has been an issue for far too long, and I like that Amar brought up the management on top. Uh, I think uh, Murtaugh is much more newer, right? He's a much more recent appointment. Uh, Woodward's been there for longer. I could be wrong.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, wait, uh, just for context for listeners who don't know what we're talking about, Ed Woodward is, of course, the acting CEO who. Um, As an investment banker, basically turned head of Manchester United, um, just under the Glazers. And until recently, he was making all the decisions. um, But he appointed two people below him, John Murto, who's been at United for a long time. And he's been um, part of the footballing operations for a long time, who has been um, uh, uh, given a role as somewhat of a sporting director kind of a role. And next to him is uh, Darren Fletcher, who's been again appointed recently as a technical director, who's going to assist John Mm -hmm. Murdoch. And Richard Arnold is the guy who's going to take over Ed Woodward. So these are probably the four names you'll hear a lot. So I just wanted to... Make sure the listeners...
1: Episode. That's that's great. Thank you, Akrit. Thank you for giving us such a clear outline because sometimes even I get super confused. And it's also to give more context to that, It's at Woodward is supposedly leaving at the end of the season. But yeah. I guess we can get back to that later because that apparently might not be happening. But... um, uh, And I don't want any United fans to get alarmed with that sentence. Maybe stay till the end when we address it, guys. <laughs> But, uh, okay, so the first thing I want to get to is United sort of um, everything. There has been no cohesive plan to the club since one year before Sir Alex... Since three years before... Since four years before Sir Alex left. There hasn't been... We didn't replace Ronaldo. We didn't... Dude, we've not done... We've not... I think the last great, great, great signing of Manchester United is what I'm going to try to think of right now. And that doesn't include people who've come for like a year and gone like Ibra. Ibra doesn't count because... I mean, yeah, we won a Europa League, but... You know what I mean? He wasn't a Wayne Rooney. He wasn't a Cristiano Ronaldo. He wasn't one of those guys. And we yeah. haven't had them for very long. And it's harder to get them in the market now because more people can get them. They're more expensive to get. All that. All of the above is true. But, I mean... If- Fred the Red!
0: <laughs>
1: Bro, I don't know if you're talking about our mascot or a football player. Both are sort of replaceable in what they do. But... <laughs> anyway, to get back to what you're talking about. It's like... For me, it's always been hard to judge it because it's hard, dude. It's hard to run a club. And it's also hard to be so bad at running a club. Like, I don't know how many bad decisions they made, dude. Like, I remember there were like, three, some, three transfer windows in a row. We signed people like Schweinsteiger, Falcao, and Di Maria, and Deepai. None of these are bad players. None of them fit what we were trying to do. And I don't, other than maybe one or two of them, I don't know how many
0: actual managing staff wanted. Vaishnav, do you really want to start that list? Because we can go on and on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't want to go on that list because it's essentially every single
1: transfer. I don't think we've had one single transfer except Bruno that's really worked out for us, worked out for us, right? Arguably. The rest are still... if, there, if And Bruno can still grow to such high levels. But no, nothing has been working out for us. And that's because I feel like everyone at the club, everyone, top down, once Sir Alex left, realized how fucking massive of a black hole that is and now they have literally Manchester United was Sir Alex Ferguson and Sir Matt Busby and the others before him but the modern club was him and he's gone so like it's essentially you can think of every single one as an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right every single one of them were learning of the job because none of them knew what to do none of them had didn't have Sir Alex to talk to because how, how I don't
2: know if listeners are able to comprehend because I'm at a loss of words. I'm just trying to imagine that. It's difficult to it's... imagine how how much he was able to do because it's being a manager. Now, it's not just coaching your team and putting them out. It's like managing. And I don't think he even took sessions, right? It was yeah. the
1: last like 10 years of his yeah. career yeah. at the club. I don't think he took sessions. So he was a master, absolute master delegator absolute legend at being able to manage what the tasks are at the club so the way he had things streamlined him others who that were in the CEO position at the time who was our ceo sir david gill david gill yeah he they left david at the same gill time gill. no when sir alex left yeah. david yeah. gill left. so that was a that's gutting because effectively that was our sporting and technical director that was essentially what those two were sir alex was just like a fucking main hero in a video game that's done all
0: the side quests and there's no point now. Like okay, just just to give our listeners some context, um, Poe is not here, so I can bring it up in the Arsenal United 8-2 game. Our midfield was Darren Fletcher, who is trying to fill a role that he cannot fill. Um, was Cleverly, who's playing for Watford, that are that are most likely to get relegated, and then there's Anderson, who's probably eating chicken wings in a KFC right now. <laughs> Just so that you guys understand. Dude, it's not just
1: the games we did well. Go back to the Champions League finals, both the games against Barca. Look at our squad.
2: Yeah, we we had no right to go that far.
1: I don't think Pep, Klopp, Tuchel, I don't think anyone takes that squad to the finals. Okay, let's not get into that comparison. But I'm just trying to draw to the listeners here what what the paradigm shift is. Very similar to what happened at Arsenal. And if Poe was here, he would be able to tell us. It's basically the same thing. Wenger was everything to the club. Wenger did everything. Anyway now this mr ralph Ragnick is essentially the second coming i'm not saying of sir alex i'm saying the second coming of someone who knows what they're doing bro yeah there is finally someone in the building who knows what to do and i'm going to say this now so that i, I steal it from akshat because i'm sure he's going to bring this up later but there's an interview with ralph and this is exact this is what i want this is exactly i am sure will want wanted to and a lot of our listeners the biggest criticism of united not just under ole the biggest criticism of united Since Sir Alex left, there is no identity because there was no Sir Alex and that was our identity. Ralph Ragnick said that you got a good coach isn't just a good coach because he knows football. A good coach has an idea. A good coach can visualize what the perfect game is for him in his system, in his head. And what makes him a good coach is being able to make his players do that. Then he said one is probably the greatest analogy of all time. He said that you can't choose to do a little of something you can't you can't be a little pressing a little defensive a little this a little that in terms of how you execute it maybe but not in terms of the actual idea that's like saying you can be a little pregnant because that's not true you've got to commit it's if you want to press you press you fully train pressing you understand the system and you implement it as an idea i'm not saying it's the greatest system in the world i'm not saying it wins everything because that's not true every football system every system in sports has its problems, it's an idea man it's finally something where someone knows what they're doing and I am so excited to see he's like when I think an even better example is like when Wenger came to Arsenal and I think he took it over from George Graham and it was really a paradigm shift because he literally did things like you know sports science became a thing because of Wenger it's going to be an equivalent change at United now in terms of the way they use analytics, the way he structures his coaching sessions, it's going to be a massive shift, shift scientifically, and I'm so
0: excited to see. Okay, uh, just sorry, Akshat, before before you come in, um, just one of the things that uh, Ralph Ragnick had asked for uh, once he was appointed interim manager was that uh, they get a video analyst, which was something that United wanted to do for a really long time, but they've just not been coming around to do it. Mm. Um, so there's sort of uh, these visions that are aligned. And we talk a lot, and this word has been said a lot about heavy metal football. This is what Liverpool play, which is what Dortmund play, which is what we want to see United play because we have the squad, you know. We want to see our team play with a certain level of intensity. And I think Ralph Ragnick brings that to the table. Um, sorry, Akshat, go ahead.
2: No, uh, I, I just wanted to like add on what both of you have said because the brand and the identity um, of a football club used to be defined by just the manager who's managing at that point of time. And what Vaishna, at least at least for United especially, uh, what Vaishnav said that our identity was what Ferguson wanted. I mean, let's face it, that, that that's how it became. Um, now having that identity and translating that to something a club lives and dies by are two very different things. And I don't think that is something that just the manager can do anymore. You need someone Mm. at the club who does it at each and every level, at the decision-making, at scouting, at the decision-making, in the analytics, at deciding the manager itself, right? You need someone who can translate that very identity to all levels of the football club, above the manager. Before that, that wasn't such a concern. Now it is in modern football. And that is what Ragnik brings. Um, that is why I'm excited That yes as a manager we will see the way he puts he makes his team play master masterful uh, you know um, in when it comes to coaching and then uh, the systems he implements he's influenced a lot of coaches uh Basically, any German coach who's doing well right now has in some way <laughs> been influenced by Ralf Ragnick. And it might sound like an exaggeration, but if you go through the list of names Klopp, Tuchel, Nagelsmann, Jesse Marsh, Ralf Hasselhutel. Klopp, though, I, I'm
1: sorry, I don't want to like. Uh, because Tuchel and everyone else has sort of a were taught yeah. by literally because they aren't contemporaries but klopp and ragnick were like contemporaries and i think his name was wolfgang or something frank wolfgang at like in in germany yeah but but you're right dude i mean the the evolution of german football as you've seen it since that 2006 world cup that they hosted until now and the heights that it had reached at one point was basically ralph and everyone else man yeah it's basically the ecosystem of german coaches
2: yeah the second thing i want to bring up is that the fact that we have some a football person making football decisions itself Oof. is such a huge thing, okay?
1: I think the fact that you're saying that it's a huge thing is a sad, sad
0: day in hell, bro. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I, even though I'm supposed to be pragmatic, I mean, this is amazing. Get on the hype train, bro. Chew, chew, bro. Chew, motherfucking chew. <laughs> I'm on the hype train. On bro. I'm putting my hand out from. I'm Shahrukh Khan from DDLJ, getting people into the hype train. <laughs> okay, Amar, we have a multinational viewership. You might want to break down that piece for
1: the rest of our fans across the world.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no ways. I'm not getting to that right now. But, <laughs> but I mean, isn't that amazing, Akshat? That we have someone of
2: his footballing caliber. Exactly. It's not just that we have a football man doing a football decision thing, okay? We have one of the greatest football men doing the football decisions for Manchester United, making football decisions for Manchester United right now. And I'm not just saying that. It's... This man has... If you've heard the name Red Bull Leipzig, it is because of Ralph. That is it. There's no argument. He built that club from scratch and made it the machine it is today in the way it's run in terms of the, the signings we, we've already spoken about this in a previous episode right um, club ownership mm-hmm. I think listeners mm-hmm. if you want to go back and, and find it but they are an extremely extremely well run club who essentially came out of nowhere Yeah, that nowhere is Ralf Ragnick. he's the one who got them here exactly with Hoffenheim a third division German team to Bundesliga and a stable stable team at the top they're not they haven't gone back down to third league they've they're now stabilized there at the top he has done it. So, he is not just a manager. He is someone who... He's working kar- today as a director of football, right? That That's where his interests lie. He's 63,
1: though, right? He's pretty old, dude. He's done, basically. Like, he's not taken a first-team management job, I think, in 10 years. So, like, this isn't his day job. Like, this yeah. isn't what he does. And to just bring... I want it's also equally impressive, other than, I guess we can get onto this later, but the way he structures this club, like you said, it's so it's so much more than a manager wants to play this way, so I want to do this. And so now, okay, this manager has a three-year-long contract, that means six to windows, that means by the time he's at the end of his contract, he's made his squad. <laughs> like, by the time he gets there, he can do what he wants, but you can't do that because you don't have that much time in football, right? We know that. Which is why, like Akshat said, it's, it's, it's clubs are making it more sustainable. They're trying to create whatever mould they want and find someone else from the outside that can come and facilitate that mould. But to create that mould for someone else to come in, you need an expert. You need someone who's great at doing what they do, which is what Ralph is. And I think it's super interesting the way he uh, is able to not just bring up clubs like Leipzig and uh, he's, doing the, he's trying to do the same thing in Russia, but he's sort of fucked up with Lokomotiv, which we can maybe come back to later. But definitely, dude. I mean, I'm sorry I cut you off. I don't really have anything to say except uh, Ralph Good.
0: <laughs> no, this is... Wait. Um, So, this is sort of a, a digress to where I was getting to anyways, Um, which is... There are two sides of Ralph, which is um very evident. One is Ralph the manager and one is Ralph the director of football, right? So, Ralph the manager... As Akshat said, has um, done since with Hoffenheim, which is from third division to the Bundesliga. And when we spoke about managers that are influenced by Ralph, one of them is Klopp. But I think
1: they, Amar, I, I don't even think if you ask Ralph, he would be okay with you saying
0: that because they are very much contemporaries. No, no, no. Let me let me let me let me come to the point. So, um. There was a Bundesliga game where Hoffenheim have beat Dortmund 4-1 and absolutely played them out of the park. And after that um game, Klopp has gone onto a press conference and said that the way that Hoffenheim played is the kind of football that I want to play yep. and I want to play for the rest of my life. Yep. And this is the kind of system that I adapt. So indirectly, not directly, as what he did with Tuchel um, when he was at Stuttgart, he's had an influence in Klopp. And of course, German football as a whole, and now it's spreading out everywhere. I mean, gegen pressing is something that is seen on Football Manager. You can change your setting. Yeah, no. But the reason, the reason, the, I mean,
1: I'm sort of being pedantic here, but I agree with what you're saying. The only thing I'm saying is gegen pressing became this football. I don't want the listeners to think that he invented gegen pressing because he didn't invent. it. Yeah, he didn't do that. He definitely. I don't he think. He kind of did. Him, no, no, he didn't. In gegen pressing's. Dude, the Hungarian teams have played like Gegenpressing. Gegenpressing has been a really old concept. His style of football, yes. Yeah, yeah. His vertical, aggressive. The part, the things like shooting in 10 seconds, winning the ball back in five, that is very much Ralph Ragnick, very much. But the concept of an organized congestion of space is not, that, which is gag-impressing. Organized congestion of space into traps, these things have been happening for a long time. But you're right, you're definitely right. He has absolutely modernized and revolutionized the idea.
0: He was inspired from the 1980s uh, British team, where they were really closing down hard. And he saw the Premier League and he's like, people are not doing that anymore. Um, just, okay, um, before we get to that, just to give our listeners some context on what gegenpress is, if you don't know what it means. It's basically when um, a player who's on the ball from the opposition team is pressed down from all the four sides, um, where he either cannot make a pass... Or he cannot dribble the ball through. Now, there are different ways of gegenpressing. Guardiola adopts a different way where he's cutting off passing lanes. He's not pressing the player directly, but he's cutting off the players who are around him to make a simple pass. Liverpool do that very differently. Liverpool go and hunt the player down and they win the ball back. Yeah. So, it's it's different systems. Now, this and, system can... And
2: just, just to add, like, Ra- Ragnix is a little bit more like Guardiola's where he doesn't expect our players to... Ronaldo to actually go tackle someone. But he does expect him to cut off the passing lanes and force an yeah. interception, which is... Um, yeah, sorry. But you this... notice
1: that even Klopp now, his I, I've said this before on the podcast, his teams have very much gone away from the fucking run heavy metal stuff to the more controlled zonal... Gegenpressing is that. Zonal, organized, controlled aggression.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: you want to be aggressive. Amar is right. You want... the you, As a coach, I want the opposition to look up when he receives the ball and see nothing. Like, no options. Like, you yeah. can't do anything with the ball. That is... What do you want the end goal to be, and Amar is definitely right in the sense that that's the ends, and any means that you get there is essentially pressing, right? I think.
0: Okay, so so Liverpool this season have sort of evolved because uh, they do their pressing very differently, as what Vaishnav said. It's a mix of uh, closing the player down plus cutting off the passing lanes, where their front three are really closing them down. And uh, their sort of zonal marking is what is cutting off the passing lanes, which I think we should get to in another episode where we are talking about Liverpool specifically.
1: Yeah, and I think also a key proponent of Gegenpress is the zones and it's not man-marking because I think that is one of the most important things because... You, you, I think you guys have also seen the viral video of Arteta explaining to the sidemen how to like yeah, make a run and stuff. And he's like, you three guys can't be in the same line. And those guys are like pro-youtubers. We don't know what's happening. But <laughs> anyway, it's it's very similar in the sense that uh, he wants... Exactly, he wants his winger somewhere, right back somewhere and midfielder somewhere. And he wants interactions in those zones based on what's happening. Essentially what Amar
0: just said. But uh, ju- just to give you guys an... an overview of and make you guys understand all of this that we're talking about all of these different sort of formats is through Ralph's philosophy which is something that I want to get to he's called the professor anyway like he's he's
1: moniker I love it I love it bro
2: by the way I I I I'm just going to coin the term gagan and daddy it's something which I'll be using <laughs> very often <laughs> please excuse me for it <laughs> hashtag and daddy yeah he's my gagan and daddy
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I've also seen good alliterations like he's the godfather of the gagging press, which is one of my favorites. I like that one. Cause he, he, Amar is right. He's definitely he's definitely been a proponent of it. Do we want to go through uh, stuff that he did at Leipzig and stuff, or do we want to? How do we want to go from here, Amar? Like, what is the flow
0: now? I think I mean, uh, as United fans, a lot of people wouldn't have heard the name of Ralph Ragnick, so they've eventually gone and googled him. Um, what I want from you guys is this United squad, Ralph as the manager, forget the two-year consultancy, what do you think he brings to the table as an interim manager right now for this United squad? Uh, Akshat is making some very... Uh, okay, Akshat is pressing his knuckles down, so I'm just going to bring Akshat in. Akshat, go for it. Give us the monologue.
2: Um, The previous episode... I spoke about why Ole got sacked. I spoke about what were the deficiencies in his game. Little bit, I went a little bit uh, into the tactics of why I feel like we concede so many goals and why we, I feel like we can't defend and can't play as a team. Ragnik will come and basically address directly each and every single deficiency we have as a defending, as a pressing team. And the number one problem which we had was that I always told you that I felt like we did have a plan attack. We did have some phases of play which we were trying to implement. And to be fair, we are not an elite goal-scoring team, but we are one of the top goal-scoring teams in England even now. Even in the Champions League as well, we do score goals. Yes, some of them are Ronaldo spams, but let's not get into that. Um, (laughs) My issue was always with the way we defend. Now, a quote... From Mr. Ralf Ragnik, my geggin daddy, is that uh, (laughs) there are five phases of play in football, right? And he said, basically, when you have the ball, um, the attacking transition, when you just get the ball, what you do. Defensive transition, when you just lose the ball, what to do. And when the opponent has the ball and you are defending. Those are the four different phases of play, plus one more, which is set piece. And he said that for a team today to win a trophy we need to they need to be elite in each and every one all five of them and that tells me that he's really going to coach the shit out of this team especially <laughs> where we lack which is our defensive transition and our defense uh, those two phases so of you, play if you,
1: if, you, if you really think about the phases of play that he, like,
2: like the concepts of five that he was talking about we lacked everywhere but elite nowhere like no- i i would say we are elite in counterattacking in the um uh, in the attacking transition I think we're elite But But I don't think that's planned I think that's just our players Being very fast And very good Just vibes Hashtag vibes Whether it's planned or not Evidently bro
1: You have some really great players They're gonna be good At yeah. what they do Now we don't have good players mm. In defense So they're not good At what they do It's a pretty simple solution No But I think we don't have The qualities that Ralph wants In terms of the Nothing sideways Vertical yeah. or keep the ball. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and Absolutely. Make a decision, bro. Absolutely. Nothing sideways
1: and backwards. You you, you are pressing that ball off that centre-back that won it from you, the counter-press. You are getting that ball within 5 seconds or something like that. Some absurdly arbitrary number and uh, uh, taking a shot in 10 seconds. Forget all this, guys. I have by far my favorite thing so I was me and Akshat are talking about how when you know managers come into squads there's always this new thing like Conte going into the canteen and like yeah, Conte bans ketchup and you're like oh so ketchup was the issue is it guys <laughs> 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 ketchup was the big deal guys oh shit man cutting edge but with Ragnik what I've heard is apparently he does this thing when he comes into a club and apparently he wants to do this to United and I put this on the group where
0: he's going to install a clock where you can hear like you can audibly hear mm. the I was coming to that. Um, so just to give our listeners some context, um, there are two things that uh, Ralph Pragnik has already done as a manager. One is to install cameras at different angles in the training sessions to see how the players are performing. And the second thing which Vaishnav was talking about, uh, which he stole my thunder for, was that he has a custom-made clock, which is installed at Carrington, so players can hear it ticking down and um, sort of create a situation which elevates the intensity of the sessions um, and helps reduces um, match-relevant circumstances in training. Exactly,
2: exactly. So so it's exactly as to, to what I was saying, where you have those phases of play, right? So one of Ralph's key coaching ideologies is that when you lose the ball, so the defensive transition phase of play... In his mind, you should have around eight seconds to win the ball back. So that clock is basically going to loudly and audibly count down for the players. So but during the training deals, for example, if they simulate someone losing the ball, they have eight seconds to press and win it back. And when you bring and you when you get the ball back in the final third of the pitch, you're basically supposed to get a shot away in ten seconds, or so you're supposed to create a chance in ten seconds. That's the attacking transition phase of play. So, um, again, so these are his coaching ideologies, the ones which I spoke about, and you can see how he's linked that to relevant training scenarios, and like you said, that clock is going to help him instill that, um, those scenarios in day-to-day training, which is incredible. Okay,
0: now now purely because I have to be sort of pragmatic in this episode, and I am that in general, um, United have gone from Ole, who's a brilliant man-manager... Uh, but we know he's not the best at his training sessions or tactics to someone who is so heavily involved in the minute details of the play. This United squad, how do you think they're going to adapt to it?
2: I think um, it's not going to be that difficult because um, these guys are professionals, okay? And we have people like Ronaldo, like Varane, like David Gea. I mean, people who have been trained by top coaches in the past. And most of this United team was under Mourinho. And love him or hate him, Mourinho's training sessions were also equally intense. Um, not in the terms of like the way they, of course, they were playing polar opposite styles of football. But in terms of the detail uh, to attention, which is um, attention to detail, which is paid in these training sessions, it, it would have been similar under someone like Mourinho, especially so under someone like Louis Van Hal, who we've heard a lot about his training sessions. So I feel like all these footballers um, have had exposure to um very game relevant training scenarios in the past and this is just a new manager who's bringing his own uh ideology i don't think it'll be that difficult but getting them to play together as a team is going to be difficult
0: just to cut you off you know when um teams that are in relegation have this sort of new manager bounce uh, that they get for three four games and they just kick on from there do you think united with this squad and ralph as a team Can get that bounce straight away or is it going to take some time?
2: I feel like it's going to take some time for him to play exactly the way it did. Let me put it this way. You know the difference which we saw immediately when when Chelsea moved from Lampard to Tuchel. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to see that kind of a shift when it comes to United as well. We're not going to win Champions League. But I'm just saying that um, there is going to be... Don't count it out. We have missed the Champions League (laughs) in our team. Now now that we have put it out in the universe, anything can happen. But I I do feel that there's going to be a definitely marked improvement from day one itself in the way we we kind of like uh, play on the pitch and our performances on the pitch. We might not... I still don't think we'll get the results. And I still think like maybe we'll we'll play well for maybe 30 minutes or like, you know, because the the system isn't really in the players. We're not playing as a collective Mm. Um, As of yet, because one important thing, Amar, which which I think you even brought up was that when you're pressing the you need to press as a team, everyone in that front line
0: collective needs to
2: have an idea of exactly where they need to be so that the other player can press effectively, you know, like McTominay needs to be in front of one particular player so that Ronaldo can press a center back, you know, like that's actually how detailed the pressing system is. So, it is going to take some time for that to like really really set in for the team. But um, I, I do think we're definitely going to see a marked improvement. The bounce as you say, I think we're going to see a bounce um pretty pretty prevalently. And, and I think for an extended period of time as well.
0: Okay, one thing's for sure is that when we see uh, the new team under Ralph, we're going to see a much higher defensive line. I mean that's for certain. Whether we hold that um, line for, the, uh, for playing the player offside or, uh, whatever it is, we're gonna see a line that comes at least to the halfway of the pitch. Which, I, I think is not going to be the best for us right now with the back four that we've gotten, but that's maybe a discussion for another day because we've not really seen this team play under Ralph
2: Ragnick. But, but Amart, the whole, the whole point of this system is that it's a system oriented approach and, kind of the individual attributes of players don't matter as much in this kind of a system. If everyone does their job, we play well. Whether whether you're an amazing, you know, top class defender or whether you're just... Victor Lindelof, I'm sorry, but if you do the the job, which
0: I am sorry, Akshat, <laughs> but I think Harry Maguire's name should be taken ahead of Victor Lindelof. who I don't even
2: consider him a defender. Okay, I, I, I'm not being reactionary. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not following down falling down that. I still think there's a there's a good centre back in Maguire, but um, yeah. I mean, I I just feel like when you have a team which is coached so well and everyone knows what job they have to do at every single point of time. Then, to an extent, the the decision making is taken out of the the players' point of view, and then they don't have to rely on I get you. their pace to to you know rescue them in situations and such.
0: Right, right, right. Um, I just from you, Vaishnav, I would like to know that sort of manager bounce that I asked Akshat as well. Ralph, as a manager, um, for six months, the whole project, considering only it's six months. Yeah. So
1: I like I said initially, I don't know how. Akshat actually gave a almost two on the nose analogy with Tuchel because it's going to be basically the same thing. Like, in terms of they aren't doing well. Oh shit, does that mean we win the Champions League, guys? <laughs> is that
0: what you said? Yeah, that's what I was just coming to. But Tuchel won the Champions League with that squad. Do you think United have that kind of squad and that kind of. You know, the scary thing,
2: Amar, is that our squad is good. Our squad is good enough.
1: Uh, it's, uh, uh, the thing with Akshat the thing, thing with Akshat Akshat's a nice guy guys don't get me wrong <laughs> the thing with our squad Akshat is I mean it's good by an objective standard but it depends on how you want to like good is comparative right it's like what are they good at so I don't know if Ralph gets exactly what he wants from the squad but I, I he's he has more than enough fucking experience and knowledge to figure out what to do with these guys. So I I know what I... And I, 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 this is... One thing that's getting on me is the Ronaldo stuff that, oh, uh, Ralph will not like Ronaldo because he doesn't want to press. Ronaldo will not like Ralph because he, does, he wants to make him run. Dude, greatness recognizes greatness. Game knows game, dude. Like, yes, they have very different ideas of things that they want to do because one guy is 63 years old and the other is Cristiano Ronaldo. So, like... I don't even know why why we're having this conversation here, guys. They both are, I'm sure, excited for this. And I'm excited for it. So, I want to see what he does. Uh, I think the bounce will be Funnily great. Funnily
0: enough, uh, the only person that I saw press in this entire United team for all this time was Ronaldo. Because he was just trying to get the ball. But you can't call that a press.
2: Exactly. No, my argument is like like... All these Twitter people who's saying that Ronaldo doesn't want to press, are you telling me literally the hardest working footballer to ever have lived is scared of working hard on the pitch? Come on, guys. If he's asked to press, he'll press. He might not be good at it, he might not make the right decisions, but it's not because he doesn't want to work hard. I, I just I just get annoyed when people say, Oh Ronaldo doesn't want to run around. Like fuck off, no way, bro. The guy the guy's a machine.
1: Yeah, but I, I think more than I think more than not want to run around, the educated at least. <laughs> I like to believe that the educated version of that opinion is... That's not his game. He's not someone who presses. He's not someone that closes down. Agree. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to do that to be in a Ralph system, which is fine. But like we're saying, for me, I think he's going to have... um, I don't know, man. For me, the midfield and the defence is what is going to be an issue for him as well. Like, he... I don't know how he's going to sort of balance out that... How do you play a high line with Maguire in your squad? (laughs) <laughs> like I think it's going to be that. I think that's going to be the issue, guys. I think you can make Lindelof, Harry play in the most. The thing with Varan is he's not settled himself so I'm not even going to I'm not thinking of him. The good thing is that now that Ralph comes, he's going he's going to be a clean slate for everyone, so it's great but I, and which I think is in i I, I think Donny. Oh guys, mark my words now. Donny's going to kill it. Donny's going to have a great season because I think there are going to be some players who aren't going to be as higher up in the hierarchy anymore, <coughs> Fred. So, it'll be like, <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be a change of pace. Akshat, do you want to take over now that you're praying to the heavens? <laughs> uh,
0: uh, just to give our listeners some context, Akshat is looking up to the skies and praising the Lord for uh, Donny Van De Beek's Sort of revival oh. uh, because he also has apparently come out this week and said uh, to put his transfer talks for January on hold um, to see what comes off the new manager. But um, it's no more Donny on the bench.
2: No, sir. No, sir. I, 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 can I just say I think that uh, <laughs> there's no way Pogba signs a new contract anymore. Uh, I don't think because he's asked to press. I, I don't think he can, dude. I, I don't think he can.
0: Hmm. Okay. Hot take.
2: I would love it if he can prove me wrong. I really really love it, but it's okay. It's fine. I don't think that was meant to be.
0: What a, a better midfielder to break the opposition press. Honestly, forget about our press. No, I, I,
2: exactly, and that that is the frustrating thing, Amar. Like, on you are so mm. right about that because he has certain abilities which nobody else on the planet has. I I truly truly believe that um but like his mix of dribbling and long-range passing and vision and i don't think any footballer strength strength yeah i don't think any footballer has those certain mix but pressing paul pogba let's 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 hope it happens let's hope he buys in yeah exactly okay anyways um
0: so this is a good enough sort of um Deep dive into Ralph, the manager. What about Ralph, the two-year consultant? Now, I had put this up on the group and um, Akshat got very excited about it. Vaishnav um, had no reaction because he was probably busy at that time. But the hot take is that Mertog um, has basically interviewed Ralph Ragnick for his own position, which is the director of football. And the two-year consultancy is the director of football post at Manchester United, which I think is massive. Yeah, and I
1: think that's what I wanted to come to in my six-month thing. So, for me, that's the biggest deal, is that he can set up something and then... Now, having the context of setting up something, look for someone to succeed him. He will essentially be doing what Ferguson did, but in an incredibly like, compressed time scale. And mm. hopefully doing it better, because the latter part of that conversation... Let's be honest, Ferguson didn't do well. He's like, you know David Moyes. <laughs> he's Scottish. He fits the bill. I mean we got Rooney for from Everton. How bad could it be?
2: <laughs> I think Ferguson fell into that trap where where he's he's so good that he he doesn't underst he doesn't understand how someone else can't be that good, you know, like it's it's kind of it's like, like
1: comedians, dude. It's like comedians. When you get super rich, your humor isn't relatable anymore because you can't tell like a hall full of people who pay 25 bucks for a ticket. You guys know how it is to get into a private airline
2: and not okay, have the whiskey okay. you we want. We need to cut this off before Vice <laughs> starts giving us a stand up. Uh, but, but Amal, to, to continue on, on your point, I think it's a little bit telling that. And the language is very important, especially in working like a corporate like Manchester United is right now. Uh, They have said very, very specifically a consultant role, and they have not said that he's going to be a permanent, he's been given a permanent position in Manchester United. And a consultant is basically someone who is... <laughs> okay, you consult him. But but the idea is that...
0: Akshat, is Ralph Ragnik. Akshat, how much of a consultant do you think he's going to be when push comes to shove? No, no,
2: I, I, that I, okay, th- that could be another discussion. And we I, that's going to be a bit of speculation at this point because we don't really know. But th- the fact is that um, when Edward Woodward steps down, we're going to have three of the most important people at Manchester United and a new manager comes in. So let's say four of the most important people Manchester United. The manager, uh, Darren Fletcher, John Murtaugh, Richard Arnold, right? All new to Manchester United, all inexperienced at their jobs. And that is where, especially for um, John Murtaugh, who's a first-time director of football, and Darren Fletcher, who's a first-time uh, sporting director or technical director, for them to have someone with experience who they can go day-to-day with their problems, which is what a consultant is, that is going to be key. Now, after those two years, is he going to um, join the club permanently? I don't think so. I actually think that it is just a two-year consultancy to get John Murtaugh and get Darren Fletcher learning from the best and then continuing on, you know, like, as his... Mentees, uh, almost right. I think, the, and the thing is, Ralph has the track record for at least producing
1: coaches. Now I don't know about technical yeah. directors and guys in executive roles, but Absolutely. we can go through. Right now, we can go through five or six really good names. Like if our yeah. listeners don't know, people like Nagelsmann, uh, Jesse March. Now the new guy at Salzburg. Essentially, the entire coaching infrastructure that comes to Red Bull are Ralph Ragnick products, and they're all doing very, very well for themselves in
0: their own right. And in fact, uh, when they didn't find. Appropriate coaches Where Ralph was The the, the technical director For about 12 seasons He's like Okay I'm gonna do it myself Thanos coached
1: Full on Thanos
0: Thanos moment moment. fuck
1: this bro And Actually You know what Ahmad? That lends to a bigger point Which is He didn't just do it Because they couldn't get anyone They wanted Nagelsmann But he wasn't Relieved They couldn't get him Mid season And this is in January And he knew He wanted Nagelsmann Because of the brand of football And it being a perfect match but it wasn't possible. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to keep the bench warm. Continue implementing the same philosophies. We know who we want. We're not going to go out and get some other guy now. That's not worth it. Wait for six months. I'll go coach myself because I'm a fucking decent
0: coach. And then we'll take it from there. And the rest is, as they say, history, right? It's just worked out so well. Um, But, uh, I mean, you guys have very different opinion than I am about um, uh, Ragnick as sort of a technical director or director of football. I... The board of Manchester United is so naive and so sort of ignorant. Don't need, yeah, don't
1: be nice. Don't say naive. Naive implies innocence, bro. <laughs> These guys, no. They, and Amar, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, ignorance is also doesn't describe it. It's willful ignorance. It's I don't want to know and I will still make stupid decisions. That's what it is. Right. Like it, That's ex- exactly right. what it is.
0: So five um, good games on the bounce, uh, maybe uh, beating say Arteta and Tom Stukel, is going to be is going to be a two year contract for full time position as Manchester United manager for Ralph Ragnick, rather than the consultancy. Uh,
2: I don't know, Amar. I think the thing is that he himself does not want to be uh, a manager at this stage of his career. He's taking on okay and this is actually a very key point um when united approached him for the interim manager job for 6 months he said no he said yeah. i am only going to take this job if i have a permanent position in the hierarchy of the club after the interim position yeah so he's like being the two year consultant the consultancy yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so he is very clear that listen i'm not a manager i will manage your team as an interim but i want a permanent position I want that. And he's essentially doing the same thing
1: that he did at Leipzig now with United in the exactly. taking it over for six months and looking for a manager and exactly. hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it turns out as well as his decision to get Nagelsmann in at Leipzig. Like for the club, for Nagelsmann, for Ra- Ralph. Like, I mean, the man has a trial cracker that speaks for itself. I'm super excited. I just think. We're gonna see violence. We're gonna see a lot of bodies. There are a lot of people who aren't gonna like this. This is not gonna go down well with every single football player and executive and our owners. This is gonna be a. It's gonna be a lot of shit coming out, guys, in the next couple of months. But hopefully, it's for the better of United. Because otherwise, you wouldn't go to Ralph, right? Why get him if you're not gonna to listen to him?
2: Can can we just have a moment of silence of, for Anthony Martial's United career? Can we can we just like?
0: No, I was going, going to go totally the opposite spectrum. I was like can can you can you just take a moment to appreciate how much of an impact Jaden Sancho will have in the, in in the upcoming season.
1: You know what guys, I think I think Marcus is probably going to be one of Ralph's favorite players. In terms of he, he and you know why funnily because he has bad decision making. I think you're <laughs> wrong
0: and I think the answer is Jaden Sancho. Yeah yeah,
1: I definitely think he's going to be bro but just giving
0: yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Dude
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yes,
0: Samar, Yes, <laughs> all of the above. All of the above. Take <laughs> <it>. <laughs> okay, um, so guys, uh, on that note, uh, Vaishnav's order of Vietnamese food. I say Jaden Sancho is going to become a fire of a player, and uh, Akshat is still praying to the gods for Donny Van de Beek. But we are recording this episode on a Saturday night, uh, Indian Standard Time, which is one day before the United Chelsea game, and whatever we say. At this point does not matter because Chelsea could be an absolute bloodbath. So just wait for Ralph to come onto the touchline. When he's installed the clock, when he's installed the cameras all around, when he's asked Ronaldo to press and the team to press with him, and when he's dropped Fred and put him somewhere in the <laughs> reserves or training with the under twenty ones, is when this conversation will actually start. Right. Right? So until then, um take care guys. We are very excited for the new heavy metal Manchester United that is gonna come up and I hope you're excited too
2: oh and sorry just just before we finish I, I just wanna say yes bottom of my heart thank you Ole I love you best years after Ferguson and I too I'm not saying this lightly I legit love the man he's given us amazing moments and yeah I just wanna end it on, on that note
1: I think we know what the outro music is gonna be dude Ole Ole is at, at the, the way
2: <laughs>
0: There's no outro music required because you just sang it. Um, <laughs> But yes, Um, thank you, Akushal, for bringing that up. Um, I think it's very important to address this fact. Thank you so much, Ole. Um, You'll always be a club legend. That interview made me cry. Oh, my God. As I'm sure it did for... It made
1: him cry, man. That was the most... And, dude, can I just take a second to say, fuck you, Mark Goldrich? He came out and said that was a PR stunt. Like, I get that clicks help your career, bro. But, like, what? Some people are human, man. Like... I don't get this. shit. This is unnecessary, but yeah, I'm a, sorry. Close it out.
0: Ole was at the wheel, and thank you for the vibes, Ole. Um, we'll miss you. We love you. We see you at Old Trafford. Goodbye, Captain.